You are listening to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast, episode number 301, Talking with Our Children, A Key to Cyber Safety with Alana and Molly Stott. Welcome to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast here at Vanguard University's Global Center for Women and Justice in Orange County, California. This is the show where we empower you to study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference in ending human trafficking. Our guests today are Alana and Molly Stott. Alana was awarded the title of member of the Most Excellent Order, abbreviated MBE, of the British Empire on the King's Honor List 2023. She was awarded this award for her work supporting vulnerable women and mental health awareness. A true multi-hyphenate, Alana founded and developed Wolf Raven Omnimedia as a vehicle to help tell amazing and inspirational stories, including her own, while fiercely advocating for causes aimed at making the world a better place. Alana has written the game-changing business and philanthropy book, How to Ask for Money. I'm in the middle of reading it, by the way, so watch out. And her powerful memoir, She Who Dares, She's also written a series of empowering children's books, and we're going to get to that in just a minute. Welcome to the podcast, Alana. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you for having us. So before we talk about your writing and philanthropy, Alana, tell us about your family. So I'm from Aberdeen in Scotland, and I'm married to Dean Stott, who is a former Special Forces soldier from the UK and double world record holder. I have three children, Molly, who's 12, Tommy, seven, and Harley is 10 months. Okay, so now we have to know, what are the world records that Dean holds? So he cycled, um, so Dean was injured in a, a parachuting accident in 2011, and it limited his ability to walk and run and various things so he started cycling just as a means of movement and then in typical Dean style he had to go a bit further so he cycled from Argentina to Alaska 14,000 miles in 99 days and broke two world records doing it. Oh my goodness from Argentina to Alaska. So it's the longest road in the world and it runs all the way from Ushuaia in Argentina up right to Prudhoe Bay in Alaska. Wow. Okay. So we'll have to talk to Dean on another day. (laughs) So there's so much to talk about. I really loved reading She Who Dares, and I want to congratulate you. So before we talk about it, will you tell people how to purchase this book? Yeah, it's available Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um, It's on my website as well, alanastott.com, and really anywhere you get books, I guess. Okay. All right. Is it is it like on Kindle? Yes, it's Kindle. I haven't done an audio. I'd like to do an audio, but um, at the moment it's Kindle paperback and hardback. Okay. That's great. That's great. So 
Before we get to our focus today, can you tell me why you wrote She Who Dares? Yeah, She Who So I've always loved writing. It's been a passion most of my life. But my mum passed away when I was 15 and I kind of stopped writing at that point. I don't know why. But I've always penned journals and little notebooks and various things like that. So I started writing that just almost as a journal. And then when Dean released his book after after his adventure was done, a lot of people read the book and went, when's Alana's book coming out? Because I'm obviously heavy, heavily in that one. And then I thought, well, you know, I've wrote a lot of it. But then I was still nervous because there's a lot of really personal stuff stuff in there and I don't know why I share it with the world but I explained a couple of the things that were in there to some friends and they opened up to me about things that they might have gone through and I realized that I kind of had to share it because it could help people so that's why it's it's here. So I haven't known you very long but when I first met you and I met Dean I'm like oh my goodness she knows the king she's been Mrs. Scotland So I kind of expected She Who Dares to be like a fairy tale. I was shocked. Can you tell me like the biggest takeaway you want people to understand when they finish reading your story? Yeah, I think that it is that it doesn't matter where you come from or how you start. Anything is possible. And that many bad things can happen along the way, but there's always light at the end of the tunnel and you've got to keep persevering and keep pushing through. And I believe that some people might be in those struggles at the minute thinking there's no way out. And, you know, there is. Just find your own strength as well as other other people around you. But your own strength is is everything. So one of the things that I paid attention to when I was reading this was the fact that your initiative came from within your own heart and soul. And sometimes, especially in my work with human trafficking survivors, with victims of sexual violence, human trafficking, labor trafficking, we in the community feel like we have an answer. And if we can do this for someone who has suffered, that somehow that will be what lifts them out. But there was something inside of you that did not depend on external encouragers and people wanting to improve your self-esteem and tell you that you're beautiful. I think we've all got the magic within us. We've all got to find the love for that little child and keep it growing throughout. And I think that's often if something's done to that child or if there's kind of abuse along the way, we almost learn to hate ourselves a little bit and then we're not encouraging ourselves to do our own own growing. And I think it almost has to bring you back there and, and give that child a hug and say, no, 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 you're good enough and you're you're amazing and you can do it. And, you know, there there are other people that will help you, but I think those should be blessings for the actual necessities you need to help yourself. 
Okay, so that's just a look at the mom who raised Molly. And I think that's really important because we're going to talk about how you are committed to keeping your children safe. We hear so much right now about cyber safety for children. We know there are people online who are not safe. We know that children don't always have the knowledge that they need to be safe. And it's like teaching children to cross a street. And you've done it in such an amazing way. You actually wrote books for your daughter. So let's talk first about those books. And Molly, if you want to correct your mom at any time, just jump right in. But I'm holding for our listeners three books that Alana wrote on Molly's adventures. And they include Me and My Friends Play, Who to Help Today. I have to tell you, when I read these, this was my favorite. And then Live Your Own Way. So who chose the color of your hair in these books? My mom. She did. And what color is your hair in the books? Pink. Pink. Do you like it? Mm-hmm. Why is it pink? Nobody has pink hair naturally. It's my favorite color. Ah, that was a good answer. That was a really good answer. So why did you write books for Molly? Molly was named after my great-auntie Molly. So great-auntie Molly was born in 1924 and lived through the war. And she was just a huge part of my life. She was my inspiration. She during during the war years, she would help with kids in shelters and various different things that she she went through. Aberdeen was quite heavily bombed during the war, so she had to do a lot of bringing kids to safety and doing work like that. But then when the war was over, she started traveling the world and she stayed single all her life till she died in 2020. She was 95 and she traveled the world on her own most of the time. And she brought me up to think about other people first that was the way that that she you know if you're on a bus you stand up and let somebody sit down if somebody's holding heavy bags you carry them so Molly was named after her and I love writing little poems and my mum used to express herself to me through little poems and my granda was the same so I wanted to kind of put that into a book so live your own way it was just really to Tell kids that it's okay that your friends maybe don't agree with what you're doing, but you shouldn't let that stop you having fun and adventures that, that you want to do. And Who to Help today was about about Auntie Molly and about... People always say to me, like, how do you always help people or do these things? I'm like, every single day you've got an opportunity to help someone. There's always something there. So we we talk about that in the house to, to look for those opportunities that was what Who Tell Today was. And then me and my friends play was when Molly was in preschool in the UK, she had this little group of friends. And I think there was a girl from Nigeria, Portugal, France, Poland, Saudi Arabia. And they all used to sit in their little huddle and talk to each other, sometimes in their own languages as well, but they all understood each other from like two years old. And I used to love that, that they they saw nothing but just their friendship group there. There was nothing else that they saw. And I took the five 
uh, immigration to the United States, the five top, and just we went back to their countries and just seen what their country was like. And, and they all now call the US home, but let's take those kids and travel around and see a bit more of it. So it blends everything from the helping, living your own way and traveling the world, really. And it really grows your worldview. Now, how do you use these books as a tool to have the really important conversations? I think reading is amazing for kids. These these books I read more now to Tommy because Tommy's seven and he loves them. He loves going through them. And, and when we're in, I read them to his classroom as well. And that was an amazing experience. Have you ever guest spoke to a bunch of six-year-olds? That's really hard. Um, but they they do these things that they fill your bucket afterwards. So after I'd read them out, they all filled my bucket by giving me a compliment about the book or something they liked about it. It was beautiful and it really stuck with me. I was like, adults should fill each other's buckets. This is something we should do. But they'd done things like connections and how they could see themselves in the book and how they could connect to the book. And I thought that was really quite powerful. So sometimes writing is a way to just tell people how you feel. But other times it's just that that moment of being together and reading and having that special moments together. So I love books in general, which is why I wrote my own, I guess. So Molly, when you and your mom are having conversations, then can you tell me how that helps you with being safe online? Because you are growing up in a season that's very different than I did. My parents had to teach me how to cross a street physically, safely. But now we travel on the internet. So what kind of conversations do you have about being safe online? Keeping my location off, keeping my account private, not letting anyone I don't know follow me. So you don't have any friends that you've never met? You know who they are? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really good. I'm on Facebook and I have friends, sometimes their birthdays pop up, and I'm like, where did I meet that person? So I need to follow your rules. Tell me what happens when you are online and something, somebody tries to talk to you or asks to follow you or friend you. I don't know what apps you're on, but what do you do? I usually block the account or just delete the friend request. Okay, so for some people, what does it mean to block something? How do you do that? You can just go to the account and then if you, once you block them, they can't view your account or text you oh, okay. or message you. Okay, so you know stuff I don't know. Blocking. All right. I knew that I can accept or reject a friend request, but blocking is another tool I can use. What if um, you're not sure? Who do you talk to about it? My mom. Oh, okay. Is she always right there beside you? No. No. Why not? Um... Do 
you have an idea why she's not right there, why she doesn't worry about you? Do you want me to answer? Sure. Um, I hope that I've given you all the tools you need to be able to deal with it yourself. And if you're concerned or, I mean, you've you've done it a number of times where somebody's tried to request you and you've been worried about it and you've come straight to me and said, either do I know this person or you're uncomfortable about what he's done or anything like that and you know that I can deal with it then. You know that I'm always here, but I don't need to always watch out for you. And I'm really impressed by that because I've talked to parents who are very fearful for their children and so they have lots of rules and children have to stay right in front of them. They turn the internet off and access is limited. But if you're able to do this safely on your own, then your mom has built some trust with you. What about when you're with other friends? Do you ever go on the internet with friends? Mm -mm. So when you guys are all having sleepovers and stuff, do you play on TikTok and whatever else you're on? What apps are you on? Instagram, TikTok, and Snapchat. Okay, so you're on Instagram, TikTok, and Snapchat. What's your favorite one? TikTok. Why? Tell us why. Um, Because I just get to look at different videos, but on Snapchat and Instagram, they, they usually post most of the videos that they post on Instagram or Snapchat from TikTok. Oh, okay. So it's like reused. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. So Alana, I love how she's so quick to answer which apps she's on. So those kinds of conversations are things that parents should be asking all the time. And there's new ones. I think you were, is it Be Real? Oh, yeah. There's there's Be Real, but that one's probably my least favorite just because there's not a lot of things you can do apart from, like, post, like, where, like, what you're doing, like, all the fun activities. And you were teaching me that one, and I found it quite interesting that you you can take a picture but it shows the other side as well. Yeah, so in the corner, it shows a a picture of the front camera and then it gives you a three-second timer and then it shows another picture of the back camera. So you teach your mom what you're using. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so how does that make you feel, Alana, when she shares these new technologies? Yeah, well, I think I'm not going to pretend I know the stats, but... There's so many new apps coming up. And I think as a 40-year-old, I'm still learning Instagram. So I can't possibly know all these things. So I rely on her to tell me the new stuff. And if, I mean, it's not something that, that I'm going to want to use, but I'm going to look into it and say, well, is that something that's safe for her? And I think Molly's really good at identifying if her other friends are safe as well. I think she spoke to me about one of her friends who had their location services turned on. So she, she'd she identified that and I wouldn't have been able to identify it because I didn't know that app. 
So she was asking me how she speaks to her friend to make her friend a little bit safer, knowing the danger of having your live location turned on. How did you feel when you seen that she had the live location turned on? Worried for her. Mm. So then do you think that it's important for you as a young person to help make sure your friends are safe? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So sharing that knowledge, do you think parents are all really good at keeping their kids safe online? Sometimes. Sometimes. Give me some examples. Well, some parents, they give them, so when they try to download an app, they have a, the parents have a password, which once a kid tries to download an app, it sends a request to the parent, but, and then they add the password, but only the parent knows it. But sometimes the parent can leak the password and then the, the kid is able to download any app they want. Oh, that's scary, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So how would you advise parents to make sure that doesn't happen? Don't tell them the password. So you don't want the kids to have the password? No, just because they could download any app and some apps aren't safe. Okay, so here you are listening, and the kids say, parents, don't give your kids the password. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's because the parents will make better decisions than the kids will? Um, it depends on if the parent knows what the app can do. Oh, so Alana... Do you know what the apps your daughter's on can do? Yeah, so I think, as I said, there's so many apps popping up on like a daily basis. So if there's one that they specifically want to download, the ones that are dangerous generally look really cool and really fun and really exciting. And especially for the, you know, you see a lot of the Tommy's ones eh, that, that come up and it looks like a fun app for a kid to download. But you can look into it and see the developers, see if they've done any other, you know, they should have a number of reviews. They should, you should be able to see all the details about the developer and where he's from and what he's done and how, how this app's come. And if it's, if it's a new app with an unknown developer or there's, there's a number of things to identify if this is a bit worrying. And then you just, that, that, that app's a, a no-no. So keep into the ones that, that you can actually find information about. Because the ones that are popping up daily are almost, they could pay money to pop up on, on the screen so the kids want it. And there's everything from ones where people can actually talk to you and get you to input things and send things that kids shouldn't be doing. So Tommy, you said, is seven years old. Mm -hmm. And you're already talking to him about internet? Yeah, so he plays on games on the internet and he'll do things. So again, I mean, there's kids there like one years old that know how to swipe, know how to open things. And as Molly rightly pointed out, they'll look over and they'll find your code and your, your pin. And I think Tommy was like less than two when he worked out our pin number to open the iPad. So <laughs> you can... You can imagine that they see these things and they want to get in and they want to do it. So 
you know, we're that extra force between them just to, to help them. But I think it's important that I I don't say, no, you can't. It's let's have a look together and see if it's safe to use and do it. So because there shouldn't be punishments in this area for the kids. It should be a, a learning and developing. So tell me about the part that I found really interesting in these stories about your adventures is being kind online. And the reason I found that really exciting is it's something positive we can do online. It's not about being afraid of what's happening online, but it's using this as a tool. And I don't know if you can think of an example of a way to be kind online, or should I ask your mom to tell a piece of one of the stories? Uh, She is pointing (laughs) at mom. I'm thinking about ever had anybody be mean to you on your phone? Um... I think one time. Do you think that they would have said that same thing if they were face-to-face with you? No. Why not? Because... Scared. Oh, okay. They would be scared? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So then, how do you respond when you're online if someone is rude to you? I usually... It's the only one time it was was on a comment, so I just deleted the comment and ignored it. Oh, that's good. Delete and ignore. All right. What if you really like something that somebody said? Then I'll usually respond to the comment and then like the comment. Do you ever comment on someone's post and ask to get to know them more? No. So when you're commenting, you're just commenting on what they posted? Mm-hmm. Okay. If I wanted to understand something new that somebody posted, maybe they posted a salad or a casserole that they made, do you think that they would help me learn how to make the same thing? They could post, they could reply to the comment with like a video of the recipe or... Oh, okay, so we reply with videos. Okay, that's good. That's faster too, huh? I don't have to write it all out. Here, I'll show you. That's good. So we, it's a new way of sharing information and that's part of getting to know somebody. That's socializing. How do you think your friends relate to their parents compared to how you relate to yours? Um, Do you think your friends always tell the truth to their parents? Not all the time. Sometimes they just... Sometimes my my friends are really shy with their parents and they don't tell them a lot of things or as much as they do tell their friends. Okay, so... When someone tells you the things that you would tell your mom, but you're kind of sure they're not going to tell their parents, is that an opportunity for you to help them? Yeah, I can tell them that they should tell their parents or someone. And teach them how to block. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like she's going to teach me how to block yeah. right after we finish recording. Um, okay. So Alana, we're already talking about seven-year-old Tommy, who I've already learned wants his books, Tommy's Adventures. He wants orange hair. Is that correct? Yeah. Tommy is Tommy's a little storyteller. Like he... I think so his dad's filming a a series right now with a major broadcaster and he asked me if I had a show with them and I said no not yet and he said I'll write you one and he talked through it the whole pro and and it was amazing how quickly he came up with these things so he was really excited he he wants Tommy's travels so it'll be Tommy traveling and he wants orange hair that was his main stipulation. Okay so writing these stories is an on-ramp for having those conversations. What would you recommend to parents who don't have the gift of writing like you do? How are they going to have an on-ramp for those ordinary conversations? Yeah, I think that, as we've just explained, this is a different world to what we are used to living in. You know, we've just had that conversation where somebody can post a video of a reply and that videos out there forever so we need to bring back that communication with the kids that they feel comfortable to have that and even if they're saying something that's like something that's blowing your mind I can't believe he's just done that or she's just done that you have to keep it calm so that they're always able to keep coming back so even if you're not writing books if you're just reading books or if you come across a book that has a good message use that as a way of starting the conversation or even me and Molly watch a lot of movies together and Molly introduced me to what was the one the movie we watched the other night i think it was the the Cara Robinson story i believe i can't remember the name of the the film anyway but we watched it together and it was a really good movie for explaining the process of when is a good time to escape if you're, you know, taken in? I like the way that the movie described these little bits without going into any sort of graphic detail. And afterwards, we talked through it and talked about the movie in itself. So it can be books, it can be movies, it could just be daily occurrences. Just have the conversation. So this is not rocket science. It's about having conversations and talking to your kids and not being shy. I loved how you said that, Molly. Sometimes kids are shy about talking to their parents. And I think having those conversations regularly to make it normal is going to be very important for that one time when something just isn't right. You know you can go to your mom. And I can see that you can go to your mom. Somebody asked me if we ever use video for the podcast. And today is the first time I wish (laughs) that I could because as listeners, you guys missed a lot of the nonverbal communication and being sure, being open and confident that you can talk to your parents I think that is the most important safety principle, not just going over curricula, do this, do that, but knowing that these are the limits, these are the best practices, but if I'm ever concerned, 
I just go straight to mom. Well, as we wrap this up, I'm going to give Molly, if you want to say anything about your mom, you can, or you can shake your head no. She's shaking her head (laughs) no, that's all right. But there's good communication going on here. So Alana, you wrote this book about a woman, a child even, who dares, and you're leading an initiative where you demonstrate with your own kids how to have those conversations, and you write books. I wrote songs for my kids. I won't sing any of the little (laughs) ditties because they would be embarrassed, but I think parents don't have to wait to have materials from experts. These are your kids. You know them. And having conversations where they feel safe to talk to you is the best prevention to keep them safe online. And I just want to give you the last word. What is your most important message? Yeah. And you know, what you've said is really quite touched me because my mom used to write these things and I, my mom died when I was 15 and I can still remember one of the poems word for word that she wrote for me. But for me, I just want to say that I am super proud of you for coming on, Molly. And I think that this was quite scary because, first of all, you're talking to a microphone, which is actually quite a scary thing to be doing in front of two old ladies, as as far as you would you would call them. But the message that you're spreading there is so important because so many kids are scared to speak to their parents about what they're actually doing because maybe they're doing something that they've told their mom and dad they're not actually doing like using Instagram or Snapchat or TikTok because all their friends are are doing it and they have the access so they're using it but they're scared to tell mom and dad because mom and dad said they're not using it and I think that the only advice I would give is they are going to do it so do you want them to do it secretly or do you want them to do it with your help and making sure that they're as safe as possible and I'm hoping it's kind of the latter and that just just talk to them and and be part of it I love it I love it all right well I am so grateful that you both came on and Molly you are very brave we'll write the next book about going on a podcast (laughs) oh my gosh So listeners, we are inviting you to take the next step now. Go over to endinghumantrafficking.org. That's where you can find resources to the things we've mentioned in this conversation. You can also connect to the Global Center for Women and Justice and become a subscriber to get episode updates twice a month. And of course, we're going to be back in just two weeks. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye.